Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Oh, okay. I'm looking for an artist. All right. Yeah. It's like at Telsey or something, or I guess I don't know why I named the one casting agency I know in the city. I'm yes, like, that's the only one. Yes, right? it's Telsey. <laughs> Is it really? No, no, oh. no. Um. Anyway, what's up? Welcome. Thank you. Who are you? I'm Mary. Hey guys, we have Mary on today. Um. And before we start, start, I want to ask Mary question of the day. Oh please. Okay. Question of the day is if you had like a show written about you mm. in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like a full two-act musical yeah. with the highest of budgets. Oh, shit. doesn't even have to be a musical, but I think of musicals because they have high budgets. Yes. Let's say it's about your life right now. What would it look like? What would it look like? Yeah. I think it would be... Okay, so full disclosure, I'm not a musical person. You don't listen to music? No, no, no. I listen to music for sure. But in terms of um, theater, musicals are not my go-to. Well, yeah. So I would, I would do a a high budget, like I would do like a high budget play. Yeah. Where uh, as the play is happening, there's like a film crew on stage, Mm -hmm. like following the actors around. So they're also filming a movie at the same time. That's not bad. It's because I like movies and I like theater. Yeah. And documentaries. Yeah. So I would want to combine all of those on stage. That's why I like musicals is because you can have literally all of it. With Mm -hmm. plays, like even high budget plays that include music, like Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime was like... Yeah, movement and music. Yeah, that was really intense. But there's something about musicals because I don't really... I prefer theater. Mm -hmm. I prefer TV and film but there's something about musicals where it's very clear that it's like larger than life always even the most serious of musicals are like this is a storybook right well that's see that's the thing that i like about theater because i think plays can play it too i'm i'm not into naturalism really i'm Mm. like why did i pay to come out and see a recreation of a living room so Mm. i love theatricality and spectacle and i think curious incident i think that's like that would be the style of the play that I would do. I guess oh, it would be sick. Curious Incident of Mary. And what would the opening number look like? Or the opening scene, since it's not a musical? It would just be, you know, me suspended on why... Am I acting in this? Sure, I'm yeah, acting yeah. in this. I'm acting of in my own story, of course. of course. Or a proxy me. That would be consistent with your... That'd be consistent, yeah. yeah. Um, Morgan Freeman's playing me. Um <laughs> That would be pretty funny because there's like a whole strain of plays too where like people are pretending to be famous people, but they're yeah. like very miscast. Um, yeah, right. So I, I would I would cast a bunch of like, I don't know, people who represent different parts of me. And I think Jim Carrey is part of me. You mean like split your personality up? Yeah. Into ma- it could be a cast of males, females, older, younger. Hmm. 
to show the whole range of Mary. Yeah. Yeah. So like anywhere from like a toddler on stage playing me to like tag out Morgan Freeman. Wow. Playing me. I would actually see this. Right. Not going to lie. And so I think the beginning of the play then would be all of these. Maybe there's a hundred actors, let's say, playing me and all of the different parts of my personality and different parts of my life. Are they dialoguing with one another? Yeah. At the beginning of the play, as the audience is coming in, it's all of these different parts of me, like milling around the stage, just like, like a hubbub. Yeah. So they think it's a city scene. Whoa, and then it's like, dude. freeze, 100 people on stage. Yeah. And that, I think that that hints some, not to say that I'm a complicated or overly deep person, but mm. I think anybody who is a person living in this world and has survived past the age of, I don't know, 25, um, has a lot of different aspects to them. Yeah. I think it hints to the, uh, I don't know, the I'd complex nature. 10, even 10-year-old, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're even super, you know, depending on their experiences, they could. So would you, would you clue into the audience that it, it that all of these characters share one consciousness? Mm-hmm. How would like what convention would you use? What would you do? I think costuming could be costuming is the first thing that comes to mind. Or they all could you imagine a hundred people speaking at once? My name is Mary. Whoa! Yeah. Would it be dark? What, what's lighting? Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's slightly stylized and a little dark for sure because I like the dark. Whoa. I'm a night dweller. Yeah, same. When do you go to bed? Um, I usually go to bed around 2 a.m. That's yeah. a sweet spot. Because like around 7 p.m., I find myself getting really productive. Mm. And so... With what? Right, whether it's like whatever I'm working on, writing or, you know, editing movies or whatever I'm working on, applying to stuff, like whatever it is. Okay, let us not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, Mary, because okay. I want to get started, because yeah. we're already s- starting to get into it. We're already riffing, yes. Yeah, we're riffing. You said you're not musical. You lied. Uh, well, I can match you notes. You also lied. I just matched your notes. No, you did That's that you, you sang a harmony. You sang a different note. I did. But it was in tune to the note I was singing. I did it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um... Mary, I'm going to ask you a series of questions that maybe we've discussed before, and maybe I know the answers to, even though we haven't discussed them because you're friends with my wife mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, I want the listeners to get to know you and okay. maybe um, see um, a, a glimpse of who you are, at least today. Cool. You know what I mean? So where are you from? I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow, was it? Yeah. It's a uh, home of now BMW mm-hmm. North America. Uh, is that its ty- is that its like claim to fame now? I, yeah, and when I grew up there, it was when I was young there. It was a kind of like it was one of those towns that had like one kind of like main strip uh, of downtown, and now it is like one of it's topping the list of like coolest southern cities. Cool. So I grew up in a very pretty small town. I guess. Mm. And um, did you like that vibe? Did you like the small town South Carolina vibe? I did until I went to New York the first time, I think. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's more Whoa. than that. Like, I always, I think growing up, I always knew that that wouldn't be where I would eventually settle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it was going to New York the first time. I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this is good for now. But so I, I liked it in the moment. I think it was good because it, mm. if you live in a small town, you have tons of opportunities, and it's for sure. accessible. And and you also don't have as many opportunities that you would have in maybe a bigger metropolitan area that might be a distraction or might not necessarily distraction, but just shape you in a totally different way, you know? Exactly. And it's like kind of dangerous to look back and regret or wish that it had been different because yeah. you are who you are. I am who I am. And who knows if I had not grown up in South Carolina, like I was super into like sports growing up, mm-hmm. but like through a series of things, I, I got into theater and if I wasn't living there, I don't know. So what sports? Oh, basketball. I was big, ba- big time basketball. Oh, same. Wow. Yeah. My mom like made me run cross country to prep for the basketball season. So preseason training. Nice. Uh, I had a whole team behind me. They fed me lasagna and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) In a line behind you, they just fed you lasagna one by one. Yeah. Like whenever I wasn't on the court. Goodbye, Michael. (laughs) You got a carbo load. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm getting kind of sick. Just think about that. But, um, okay. What position? Uh, I was actually point guard for a while, which is surprising. Wow. I was not, I'm tall, but That's I was, surprising. I was not the tallest. Um, yeah. I tried forward and I wasn't quite aggressive enough, but I was fast and, um, strategic. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like point guards have to be aggressive in a yeah, different way. Exactly. They have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. They have to make yeah. quick decisions. What play are we doing? Kind yeah. of like analyzing, you know, that was my favorite part was like, okay, well, yeah. what are we, where are the gaps here that we could call play and, and get past this, this D break this D. You got to break the D to get to break the, the D to get to the, the, the goal. Hole. Oh, the hole. Mm. Put it in the hole. Yeah. This is turning into an innuendo. I feel like. No, it's. You got to break the D to Get to the okay. Yeah, you do have to break down the defense yeah. to get to the hole. To get to the hole. That was my game. Mm-hmm. My game was the defense, but then if my only offensive approach was to break down, was to like drive to yeah. the basket. Mine was never. I never shot. You know, I never would take a shot. Oh, from like the three point line, yeah. you mean, or from anything that wasn't a layup on a fast break. Right. Thanks. I don't think I ever shot a three pointer. I think there's something so vulnerable about shooting a three pointer. <laughs> Just being like my time. <laughs> Everyone sees you for who you are. Yeah, you're yeah. so exposed in that moment. And your elbows are up and out, Ugh. and you're just like so far from your goal. Yeah, but you're going anyway. And like it feels so selfish in a way <laughs> that you, all of your other teammates are like, "I'm wide open," and you're like, "My time." <laughs> you got four other teammates it's completely open. And you're, and you're like. like no, I'm going to step back. thousands of feet away from the goal, and it's going to be... I'm going to shoot from the uh, the half the half court. And you know in their head, they're always thinking five, four, three, two. two. It's like you got yeah. like five minutes on the clock. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So basketball. Basketball. Any other sports? Uh, that was, I ran... Uh, I did do track. I did hurdles in track. I did 400-meter yeah. hurdles in how, track. How, how long is 400 meters? That's a, that's a lap. That's a lap around. Of hurdles? Of hurdles. And it was, I have never hated and loved anything at the same time more than I did that. Because after you finished that, you were, you felt like such a beast. Yeah. But in the middle of it, I've never wanted to pass out more. Quick question. Yeah. Is it the same 
like when you go to jump, are you launching off the same foot and putting the same foot over the hurdle first each time? You should be. You if should you're doing be. it right, you should be. You should uh, be calcul. It's very mathematical. You're calculating your stride. Yeah. And you're so it's like one two three jump one two three jump one two three jump, and it should be the same foot. It's every music. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, it's a beat. so you're keeping a beat in your head. You said you weren't musical. Well, I, you know, I guess everything is music, isn't it? Yeah. I do. I can keep a beat. I have rhythm. Uh, or else, you know, you see the people without rhythm doing hurdles and it's not good. Yeah. I, they scared me, you know, mm. I never, I looked at everything that the, the people in the track were doing and it just mm-hmm. looked way too intense and they all looked way too sinewy. Oh, they're so sinewy. Yeah. Like, ba- like tight bags people. of ropes. Yeah. You know? I was like, I, I don't fit the whole vibe here. Tight bags of ropes. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. that's what they look like. That's such a strong image. I'm thinking yeah. about those runner's legs now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, and then you said that you did the whole sports thing and mm-hmm. you found theater. And then I found theater. Is that correct? Yeah, in high school. How? What What was? How did that happen? So, uh, through a series of instances, I was playing basketball, like varsity basketball, at my high school. I decided to transfer high schools. I was in a private school, and I was like, I would like to go to pub. I would like to go to a larger school. Hmm. I transferred. Uh, this was on your impulse. On my impulse, I was like, I would like to see what a larger school is like. I've been in private school my whole life. And I was like, I, I want to see what else is out there. Uh, I transferred. Um, basically, I did not, I was not super into like the classes they were offering and stuff. And so I trans- transferred back. Well, and, to the same school. To the same school. Oh. <laughs> and when you do that, yeah. you uh, become ineligible to play sports. Indefinitely? For a year. Oh. For a year. Because they don't, they want to cut down on like recruiting. So like a private school can't sure. like recruit people. Um, and so, yeah, so I became ineligible to play sports. Um, but basically I was like, I have to do something with my time. So I tried out for, we did, uh, they were doing auditions for Rhinoceros, the UNESCO play. Uh, and I tried out for that and yeah, the first time I started doing it, I was like, this dope. Were any of your friends doing it that, that made it more of a, like, you know, it seemed like more of an open door or like, cause the, the transition from sports to theater, even if sports were, ta- was taken away from you, mm-hmm. it seems kind of drastic. It's very, dra- well, I had already, on the school culture, yeah. I, I mean, when I was very little, I had been in like acting classes and improv classes. Oh, okay. So it was already, and I was part of the improv team oh, cool. in my high school. Yeah. Uh, the coolest kids around Same and in my school, it's so much fun. Yeah. They're I, cool. They're cool. And everyone knows it, and the people that think that they're dorks, they know that they're cool, mm-hmm. but they their brains haven't like fully registered that they're not old enough to realize that. Yeah, but they know it already. It's cool to be funny in, in yeah. high school. Always, um, even if you're the funny person who's like, "Ugh, I'm not cool." It's like you realize later, "Oh no, that was cool. Yep. That was cool to be funny." Yeah. Um. So I was already doing that. So I was already doing some theatrical okay. stuff. So I I knew some of the people. It wasn't it was, a huge jump. It wasn't a huge, and I also went to a school where there was like seventy people in each class, so you kind of had to know everybody. Sure. And I also talked on the podcast before this with Violinist Dory mm-hmm. that, or no, this was on my podcast with um, Dominic. Oh. Uh, he's a singer photographer, but he, I was saying that there was an aspect of theater 
that I could bring the competitiveness from sports into, and it would f- it fit nicely into that. Yeah. Because once you're on the stage, it's very performance. It's like athletic, you know? Yeah. And athletes perform, mm-hmm. and performers are athletic. It's kind of one and the same. Yeah, and your we talked are different, though. before we started recording about, like, being in your body, and I think being an uh, athlete certainly helps that. You're, like, you're yeah. more aware of your body, and, yeah. like, you're more kind of, like, adaptable and, like... I don't know. I see some people who are so rigid and I'm like, you know, that could be. Yeah. Because they're overthinking it, you know? Yep. hundred percent. Their body. hundred percent. Okay. So your first, uh, play was, uh, rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. By and did you audition with a monologue of your choosing or did they give you sides uh, or something? I think I'm trying hard to remember. I think they gave us sides. I was a minor part in in that play. I was the baker's wife. Were you happy to take it? Yes. Yeah. I was so ha- I had like, so no much freaking fun. Part. Yeah. I mean, it was like a cast of maybe 10, so it was like no no part was too small and you yeah. know, I had a lot of I remember I had a lot of stage business. I didn't have a lot of lines, but I was on stage the entire first part. Um and I rearranged groceries. In some ways it's harder. Yeah, it is to look busy on stage without to be busy on to stage. be busy right. on stage. Right? It's yeah. not about looking; it's about being. Yeah, um, and that was hard, but I had so much fun doing that play. I mean, in in some ways, like that may have been a blessing to like have a foundation like that because if you mm-hmm. can tell a story using your body without your words, you know that adding words is just going to be that much nicer. Absolutely, it's like you already have a nice cake. Yeah. And if you want to add some, like, a glaze, like, that's great. That's great. And it really, it prepared me because years later in uh, undergrad, I was in this very long, boring Irish play called Dancing, Dancing at Lunasa. And that does sound kind of boring. It's a mem, it's an Irish memory play. So, uh, but I buttered bread for on stage silently for maybe an hour. (laughs) And I was like, this is so. You know, my my work as the baker's wife really <laughs> prepared me for this moment. How do you butter bread for an hour is my question. Is it real Is it real bread? It was real bread. In real butter. How, imagine slowing, yeah, in real butter. Imagine slowing down the process of buttering a loaf of bread to take an hour. How many loaves did they give you? It was one loaf, oh, one single loaf of bread. Already talk about c- suspension of disbelief. Right? That I'm like, my character, it was very hard to stay in my character because I'm like, my character is the stupidest person on earth if they take an hour, <laughs> the most inefficient person on earth if they take an hour to butter this bread. Like That's ridiculous. What else are they doing? Yeah. And like, how, how do you still have that position as the bread butter? I know. If it takes her an hour. You like, should be the milk churner. I should be the milk churner. It would, you know, a realistic amount of time, I probably could have churned the butter and buttered the bread. Can you say that, what you just said, but in an Irish accent? I probably could have, you know, churned the butter in the time that it took me to butter the fucking bread. That's not bad. Or the fucking bread. Fucking. Yeah, I think it's yeah. fucking bread. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. My only reference is like Conor McGregor. I can't do that. I can't do that dialect. Fucking Thank idiot. Thank you for doing that. No, no problem. I like hearing it. Me too. Yeah. I do it. I love the Irish accent. I always try it, but I'm always alone because it always sounds bad. You always just want to try <laughs> <laughs> muttering it to yourself. Oh, top of the morning. Oh, no, that's stupid. Yeah, basically, it's that. <laughs> we'll have a dialect lesson. Do we'll you have any other dialects? Um, I try to do, I, I love doing German accents 
but I don't think I do them correctly. I think I do a very character We'll save German it for accent. an outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let okay. me do my German at the end. Yeah, so you were in the Boring Irish Dream Play. Um, did that, like, what? where was that in your career as far as, not maybe professionally, but I mean, your journey starting yeah. theater? Like, what was that your second play, your third play? That would have been, so undergrad, I went into undergrad, I did one, two, three, that was like maybe my third or fourth play in undergrad. I think I was a sophomore that year. Nice. Um, and then... So what about this play? This play. Oh, you brought it up because of the... Um, the oh, bread because connection. of the buttering of the bread. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But it does kind of, like, looking at you, it does make sense, like, if I were to cast you and I needed someone to do the bread and butter... It would uh, be this girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your bread and butter. I'm Irish and I can butter some bread. <laughs> 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 let's do um, the damn thing. So what... Uh, let's say that you... Sports were taken away. Yeah. And that's why you gravitated to theater. But what, like, sparked you about it? What kept you there? And why are you still in that world? I think... That's a great question. I think there's always been a part of me... Like, I always knew I loved making people laugh. Like, to me, there's no greater reward in life than to make... Than to, like, hear people laughing at something that you've said. Mm. And so I think Rhinoceros uh, Rhinoceros is a very funny play. And I think I remember people just like laughing at it. And there was just like this thing inside of me that was like more of, I guess it's kind of like an ego. I think anytime people come to theater, it's like part of it has to be ego. And it's not a Mm -hmm. bad thing about it. Like everybody has an ego or else you wouldn't share your work with anybody. You don't have a point of view. You don't have a point. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to have a moral implication. No, there's a difference between having an ego and being a narcissist. Yes. And so I think I felt my ego massaged in a way that I was like, this seems to click for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I just, it kind of became like an intoxicating thing. I was like, I want more of that. Like, I want to do more improv. I want to keep making people laugh. I want to do more of this performance thing because like when I'm on stage and people like laugh or respond, they don't have to be laughing all the time, but like to feel like watched and seen and mm-hmm. all of that, something about that just like immediately fit. Like, it was like I found, like, the symphony of my life. I was like, this fits. This music fits to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a very good That's a very good answer. You said it was a good question. That was a very good answer. Thank you. Do you, um, like, when that, when that clicked and when you acknowledged that it clicked, was there um, a struggle or a fight? Like, where, did you have to swim upstream in order to keep like to attain that, to keep getting that, like each what school year or each play, whatever, each gig, or have you seen it just kind of come as you keep an open mind and you keep your energy up? Have you just seen opportunities continue to come so that you can foster that, that yeah, feeling? I think it's certainly a trend. So, I mean, like I said, I went to a small school, so the opportunities were pretty, I wasn't competing. I wasn't competing in, in, okay. in high school uh, for okay. roles necessarily. Yeah. It was like, there were, two or three decent, I wouldn't say I was a good actor, but I could say the words and I could have, and I had comedic timing from improv. And so sure. there was But I think the competition, like, sorry to interrupt, but the competition I think w- would be in yourself at that point. Like, yeah. So it's still very competitive, mm-hmm. I, I guess. I mean, it's because, because you, you said there's no 
better challenge or no greater feeling, no greater reward than to hear someone else laugh at something you said. Yeah. And whether or not it's something that you made up or words that were given to you, that's a that's a challenge to do that every night. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And to find that, like, I, I remember studying, when I started doing improv, I would watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because mm-hmm. I was like, how do these guys do this like right. the f- first right. couple times i did improv i literally i think recited verbatim like jokes from whose line <laughs> like i had a catalog of whose line jokes and i was like i'm gonna try it and it would work and That's then i awesome. was like now how do i put my own and then i got i gained my sea legs and i was like now how do i put my own jokes into this format yes and that so it was like yeah. m- repetition like muscle memory like this is what people respond to yeah. And so it it was like a pro, like I remember being hard on myself and being like you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna study this and you're gonna you're gonna be good at it and I think my mom was also a force like she would you know send me to classes and like whatever kind of like training I would go to summer camps and like learn act you know really? train and yeah whoa yeah I went to Boston University it called Busty was their Boston University Summer Theater Institute. Um, great acronym, Busty. Yeah, that's not bad. New York Film Academy. Like, I, I went to a bunch of places to, like, train and, like, work on it. And so I did work at it. Like, I wasn't, like, a kid who's, like... I'm also super type A, so, like, I like to work hard yeah. at things. Yeah. Um, And then, like, going into undergrad, like, that was a real wake-up call because I was like, oh, I'm not top... I'm not, like you know, big fish in small pond. Now I'm like medium sized fish in big pond in bigger pond. And so it was just in like lake. in Lake. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. We, and we went up to a Lake and now New York city, I'm in a fucking ocean. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I think that's the progression and you, you, you know, sustaining that work ethic is hard. I think through feeling uncertain about being a smaller and smaller fish yeah but the thing that's cool about using this analogy is that we can like let's draw a parallel to the aquatic the actual aquatic realm please okay so certain scientists like they tag fish like certain fish certain species or certain like little literally independent fish Mm -hmm. with chips so they can track them and stuff and so those fish are special mm-hmm. compared to the other fish that aren't being tracked and monitored mm-hmm. to develop our understand, you know, humans understanding, which is like our existence of the world and w- what we share it with. Yeah. Those fish are no, it's not about their size. It's like, it, it has nothing to do with whether or not they're a medium or a big fish because mm-hmm. they're in an ocean, but you know, they were chosen because of timing and the fact that they were there and swimming and doing their thing at that moment. So what's cool to see, like, in every artist that I've had on so far, is that, like, they've whether or not opportunities have come, whether or not there's been competition, regardless of the size pond that they they started in or came to, they are swimming, Mm -hmm. and they're doing it. They're doing it because I don't think... You have, like, to me, it's like to, again, let's keep going with the metaphor. It's yeah. like once you're tagged, yep. once that tag is on you, I don't think if if you can let it go. I just right. don't think you have a choice but to do it no matter how 
you know. Yeah, those fish don't have a, ch- they can't take that chip off. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Like, I think I've always felt like lucky. Like, I just continue to go back to the fact that I feel like very lucky to have like found, because I, I, I just don't take it for granted that somebody finds something that clicks with them so hardcore that they want, that they know that this is why they're here, that this is why they're here to, to do these things. They might not know exactly, exactly what the content of that is, but they know the realm that, that they want to be in and, and what they want to put their energy towards. Yeah. It's so rare. I, I mean, I think that's been a real wake up call. It's like, that's a rare thing. And I should feel very lucky no matter how hard it is. Like I'm, I'm being, I feel like I'm, I have some, some kind of roadmap. Mm hmm. Um, of where I want to go. That's great. That'll. Yeah. That's great because I have a question later that mm-hmm. I want to ask that you can you can kind of show us what that roadmap looks like. Okay. But before we get there, <clears throat> so you moved here. Yeah. From where? I went to undergrad in Virginia, University of Richmond. Go Spiders. The weirdest mascot yeah, of all time. Yeah, that's very very weird. The and Spiders. Kind of yeah. Itchy a little bit. Uh, Webby was our. Um, I know. I don't like any of this. I don't. Well, that's why I didn't go to any sports events. So. Very good. And that's wait. They had an actual spider mask. Yeah, Webby. <laughs> yeah, he shot t-shirts out of his arms. Well. <laughs> it was, that seemed dangerous, so I never went. <laughs> seemed aggressive. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like that's a very appropriate use of a t-shirt cannon, right? But can you imagine being close range to a <laughs> spider when he shoots you in the abdomen with a t- with a t-shirt? It's like, Thanks, Webby. A huge oh. bruise. <laughs> yes. Bro, what happened? It's a spider by Dory. I got shot by Webby. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big controversy. Not to get off topic, but uh, we're right on my topic. First grade. Yeah. Uh, my first year that I was there, there was a big like hubbub about. People were voting like the spider before there was like going through different iterations of the mascot. And they were like, should we go for a kinder looking spider or a more aggressive looking spider in terms of the actual face and the student population weighed in. And what they vote a middle ground. So Webby had like this kind of weird grimace on his face that was both like a smile, so the friendly spider, but also like a snarl. And so we got uh, right down the middle. That's not yeah. bad. So I guess depending on how he turned his face, he was either a friendly spider or an angry spider. If I were to request a picture, mm-hmm. do you think you could find that? I think almost definitely. Okay. Um, I That's... will work on um, Webby the spider. Because have you heard of that theory of like, if you split someone's face in half, they have a nice side and an evil side? What? Like yeah, two face. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like anyone's picture, anyone's face, like an image of anyone's face. If you cut off half of it and look at one half, it's one half looks nice, and the other half looks like serial killer. See, oh, the oh, snarl yeah. side and the and the smile side. That's cool. It he's, looks a lot um, less bad than I thought it would. Right. I mean, he's a furry spider too. Which it's is like PJs. A little, yeah. It's like a onesie. It's like a one. It's so <laughs> it doesn't weird. Doesn't really look like a spider. Uh, it was so weird, but hence why I didn't go to any sporting yeah. events. Okay, um, so you went there and you studied. And I studied theater yes. and arts management. And then in 2015, I graduated and went straight to grad school at Rutgers. Dang. Yeah, so I went straight through my schooling. Did you know you wanted to go to Rutgers? 
Um, you know, Rutgers knew it wanted to go to me. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> it was, um, I applied to grad school. <laughs> Who choose Rutgers, me or them? Um, but I knew I wanted to go to grad school at some point, so I was like, why not just apply? Mm-hmm. And Rutgers, did you cast a wide net? Eh, not too wide. I wasn't like laser focused on like, I must go to grad school, so I applied to three places, I think. And you know, Rutgers is the one that accepted me. Cool. Uh, so it's a love story. Um, yeah. But they have a they have a great MFA playwriting program. So I was yep. one of two people in that program, and Whoa. it was uh, yeah for two and a half years. Wow. So was it intensive? It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I got my ass. I think I always say that going to grad school is like being kicked repeatedly in the balls, and then like the couple of years after it is like learning how to walk again <laughs> after someone's brutalized you. <laughs> Yeah. You got to recover. Or learning how to just take the kicks a little. Yeah. Less, yeah. 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 Feel them a little less. Leave, your, leave yourself a little less open <laughs> mm-hmm. to those kicks. Exactly. Guard yeah. your loins. Yeah. Because we're in this to get our nuts kicked. Absolutely. You're going to keep getting your nuts kicked some by, t- sometimes by like steel toes. Seriously, though. Boots. It's like those, yeah. those moments that you get your nuts kicked are the moments that you learn like that may not be the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Or I could do this differently. Yeah, exactly. So as to not kick those. So please don't <laughs> kick me again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Okay, so intensive program at Rutgers. Yeah. Did you? Okay, why writing? Just quick question. Oh, yeah. So in undergrad, I got into, um, like, I still loved performance, mm-hmm. I, but I loved more improvised performance. So I was on an improv team again in college, and then, um, I kind of got a little like tired of script. I think it was also a result of the plays we were doing in undergrad that I was like, I don't quite think I am full performer track. Like, I don't think I want to just like pursue, like, I don't think I have the personality to pursue acting full force. Um, mm-hmm. it, there was something about like, I knew I wanted to be in theater. And so there was like a 10 minute playwriting course mm-hmm. that I just kind of like took and something about that, like, really, really clicked again. Again, it was like this this second, like, clicking feeling, but kind of like even more secure. Wow! Like, oh, this definitely flipped. But it, it, one fed the other. Like, my yeah. improv fed my ability to like write dialogue and like being a performer. I think that's how fed. it happens. Yes, it's okay. not like I'm gonna be this. It's like, yeah. oh, I found that. I'm gonna pour my time into this. And mm-hmm. then, now that you're here, you find this and it's yeah. like a tree. You keep like staying open, but each, you're not like, oh, I made a wrong turn. It's like, yeah. no, each experience, even if I wanted to go and be a, my mom was always like, well, if you want to go and be a lawyer, like your experience as a performer will feed that. 100%. Like it, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. this basis that you formed will, f- will help you in some way. Um, yeah. And okay. So piggybacking off of that, are you also interested in, doing things that aren't related to theater, either related to the arts or not? Yeah, so I actually recently just got into, I applied to NYU. They have a really special, one of the only ones in the country, a drama therapy program um, where you can be certified to be a drama therapist. And so that's something that I've become more interested in. Mm -hmm. It's a really young field. Um, but it's kind of using theater and theater games to help different clinical populations. Um, wow. So that's, yeah, that's actually next fall. I'll be starting part-time. I'll be starting 
training to do that. That's hopefully. great. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So you you applied and you were accepted. Yeah. Those were cars cutting back and yeah. forth. <laughs> like, I always I'm 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 always like unsure if those are supposed to be cars or like bullet sounds whizzing by oh, in like rap why songs. Why is somebody trying to shoot me? Oh. Oh, you like mean lit. in rap You know, let's oh, pop yeah, some yeah. caps. You got in. <laughs> 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 That's how I celebrate. Yeah. I got the acceptance yep. letter and I just sh- shot South a hole Carolina, in my ceiling. Right? Yeah. Wow. My shotgun. Yeah. Because yes. that's the only gun that a person would have from South Carolina. Absolutely. That's all we can I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. A lot of my friends had guns. Oh, yeah. And they would celebrate with them, you know? Yeah. Like out in the backyard. I yeah. Get, I get that life. Yeah. Or out in the backyard or, you know, in Kmart on their hip. <laughs> Just rocketed in the Kmart. Well, you don't know if someone's going to attack you in the Kmart. They got a big sale going on, so I got to go in. Hip loaded. Like, like, dude, or ma'am, there are so many other options than, you know, avoiding conflict at Kmart than bringing a gun. Yeah, please. That welcomes conflict. It just, it's fine. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, that's a little tangent. I want to ask you... Now, are you working on anything that has to do with writing mm-hmm. and theater? Are you working on anything right now? Right now, right in this minute. Like, are you active? Are you swimming right now? Yeah, we're swimming. You're we, chipped. You know, we're trying to keep our heads above the surface because we're rehearsing uh, me and my writing partner, Mary McDonald, mm-hmm. another Mary. Wait, wait, wait. Her name's familiar. She's been on, do you know the Spoiler Podcast? Wait, what is that? Wait. It's... It's, you know what? You should check it out. Everybody should Where check it out. Where can I go to check out Spoiler Podcast and why would I do that? Anywhere that you may listen to podcasts on any platform, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Yeah. And you should do it because your wife hosts it with me. Oh, with you? Yeah. Oh, that's why I know, that's how I know you. Yeah, that's, that's how, how you know, know your, your wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> that's how I know your wife. That's how you know my work too. Yeah, yes. you've heard my voice probably You're, more you than you You have a lovely want. wife. I have a lovely wife. <laughs> my wife is your wife. Your wife is my wife. Yeah, and your work and is my, my work. And my co-host. <laughs> wow, we share everything. Yeah, so you should As listen humans. to my podcast, Spoiler. No, yeah. I'm kidding. It's Mary's Me. podcast. Uh, you should listen to Mary's podcast, Spoiler. It's very good. And um, Mary McDonald, a person yes. who wrote the play with Mary mm-hmm. called... Girl Bully. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's on uh, Spoiler Podcast, but Girl Bully is going up when and where? Uh, yeah, please continue to to act surprised. Um, it is going up this Saturday at Dixon Place at seven thirty in the evening. To be clear, very good. <laughs> in the very evening, good. PM. So don't, you could bring coffee still, but don't bring like Dunkins and stuff. Yeah, and they have a bar there, so like bring alcoholic drinks because the more you drink, the funnier the show is, right? Yeah, that's how that works. Um, Sometimes I get into a dark zone though. Oh, when I right. drink too much. Yeah. You get like a little tunnel like tunnel vision. Funny. Nothing's funny. <laughs> I'm inside my own head and no one can get me out. Yeah. But speaking of girl bully, which is not that, and if you come, you will not have that experience. No. What's tell me about Girl Bully. When did yeah. you start this? When did you meet Mary? Why'd you write a play with oh. her? Like what's it about? Oh, let's what's go way back. Um, Mary and I met an undergrad. She was, you know, we were in plays together and she was the director of the improv team that I was a part of. Um, and a really great improviser in her own in her own right. Um, awesome. 
And so we met doing that and we, you know, have stayed friends ever since I moved to New York. She lives in New York. Uh, she's a great writer. She writes for another podcast. Um, and which is what? we're not going to plug that. No, I'm just kidding. It's called the truth. It's right. called the wow, truth. Okay. Uh, we're not going to plug that cause it's not a rock like rising production. No, you're the I'm, point guard I'm going to call the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Follow my lead. We're going to do number three. Um, oh, I thought I had to put my head up. No, don't too. put your hand up. <laughs> don't literally f- mirror me. <laughs> but uh, uh, the truth by Jonathan, uh, produced by Jonathan Mitchell, really great. Mary McDonald, look up her episodes. Awesome. Okay. Um, but we started writing this show in particular. Oh wow, six months ago, mm-hmm. seven months ago. It started That's pretty off. Fresh. Yeah, it's very fresh. Um, we've done one reading of it, of a very early iteration of it. And this is our first like production. So we wrote it. We act in it. We're the only two people in it. Um, it's directed by Monica Jones Diaz. I should say her name too, cause she's a fabulous director. Um, and yeah, we were just, I mean, it started off as like a collection of scenes, like vignettes, um, we both come from like a sketch writing background. And then we realized like, oh, like these are all kind of like loosely connected around figuring out kind of like the double standards that women experience in terms of like we're raised and we're told to be like good girls. But then mm-hmm. later on, we're told to be more aggressive. Um, it's hilarious. So it, in all the wrong ways. In all the you wrong ways. I mean? Yeah, it's hilarious Sorry. in, it's like, in its absurdity. Really yeah, in its, it's absurdity. Absurd. Yeah. Um, and it's in its mixed messaging for, you know, young girls developing and young women. Minds. Yeah. And developing like, minds. For a developing mind. That's just not great. Yeah. And I know it's, it's thrown me, it threw me for a loop Yikes. for mostly all of grad school. So did you experience a lot of like you, so obviously you experienced a lot of these double standards because you had yeah. the, the, the subject material to write this play from. Yes. So like, w- when did you start becoming aware of these double standards? Was it in I retrospect th- or? I think in, in grad school, really. Really? Um, was Whoa. where I really started to kind of feel these, I mean, yeah, late in the game, like these, hmm. these double standards. Cause I was always, you know, I was raised in the South and there's manners and, you're nice and you try to help everybody. I mean, that was how I was, that's how my mom raised me. Yeah. There are traditions. You were kind to everybody. And literally I think the turning, the, like the literal turning point I can point to is that, uh, somebody in grad school, a uh, professor, we were sitting down and, and they said, I won't name names, but they said, they looked at me and they said, it won't help you to be a nice person in this industry. And that's a literal line in the play because at that moment I was like, first of all, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and second of all, like challenge accepted because why wouldn't we I'm be, be nice? nice as shit? I'm going to be nice as shit. And I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, honestly, if I ever go anywhere with my career and that will be the motivating moment, it's because, you know, how dare somebody shame somebody for being nice or, First, assume that they know them. Yeah, first as of all. a nice person, mm-hmm. and then say that, and then say that to them. Rude. Um, but to me, that kind of like started to get to this. Like I was like, oh, like I was raised to be nice, but also now people are demanding that I be more aggressive, mm-hmm. and and um, so it's, you know, we take the word kind of like bitch as our. Um, 
as our starting point of like dissecting all of kind of like the different like meanings and connotations of the word bitch. Like women use it to like joke with each other or sometimes empower each other. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people use it to demean each other. And yeah. it's just a, it's a confusing word. Yeah. And I think it gets to a lot of like the issues we struggle with, with like, what are we, how are we supposed to exist in this world? Right. Uh, when people want us to be all of these different things right. as women. Men, don't let that ostracize you because you guys get called bitches too for different reasons. And some of us are bitches. And some of us are bitches. I've been a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been, I've been a bad, a bad bitch. bitch. I've been a bad bitch too. You've been a bad bitch and you've been a bitch. See, there's so many different meanings. Oh, there's so many. Di- so many Can meanings. you, um, <clears throat> maybe without giving it away, like, yeah. do you want to read something from it or do you want to, uh, you should oh. be off book by this point. Oh, no, I should be off you book. You don't have to. Um, this is seriously an offer that I'm just throwing in the air. I will say, I haven't counted the number of times we say bitch in the show, but it's probably in the hundred range, maybe. Wow. I don't know. I think I think I've memorized the word bitch a lot. Um, so can you say bitch a couple times with different intentions? Okay, give me an intention. I'll you want me it. to set them? Yeah, yeah, set the intention. Well, can I set a circumstance effort. and then you create the intention? Yes, that I like. Okay, so you are in line for a roller coaster and you've let a lot of people go in front of you because you want to get that front row seat, but the mm-hmm. numbers haven't filled up right. And so you finally get your front row seat but you, you've kind of had to pee because you've let so many people go in front of you. <laughs> and so you're finally on the roller coaster, and um, it's going, and you're like, I think I can hold this, I think I can hold this. And then you get to the top, and you're actually a little more scared than you have to be, and mm-hmm. you're not sure if, it's gonna, if the seal's going to break. Okay. Oh, bitch! <laughs> That's me going down yeah, I saw it. I saw the it. hill, but also peeing. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Okay now, okay, now now, let's say you're same situation. We're yep. following this up like minutes later. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're young, okay? Yeah. So whoever is watching over you in this theme park, mm-hmm. whether it's parents or your friend's parents, like they pick you up and they see that you've peed. Your pants, mm-hmm. and it's all over the roller coaster. The roller coaster guy or woman is like making a huge deal about it, and like yeah. getting their supervisor. And then, and your mom is like, That's spankings, you know? Yeah, that's spankings. Because I told you to go t- before you got in line, but you mm-hmm. told me that you were fine. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. <laughs> the, that, that's me as a little kid being like, Ah, nah, you, come on. Okay, that's not bad. One more, one more. Different, totally different circumstance. Okay. That was a very vivid circumstance. Yeah. I'm like in that moment I kind of am too. I have that like roller coaster headache. Yeah, right? Um, And I taste cotton candy on the back of my tongue. Okay. You did just have cotton candy though, so that's probably why. True. (laughs) Can you pass it when you're done? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say uh, you. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh Girl bully. Uh-huh. Is accepted into a festival that's oh. going overseas. Okay. And you get to produce it and develop uh-huh. it further mm-hmm. in a different country. Yeah. What would that's your that's your circumstance. Oh, that's my circumstance. So I pull up the email, I'm like Bitch yeah <laughs> bitch. 
Yeah. Followed up with another one. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Thank you. And Those I shoot a shotgun <laughs> again. You guys need to come see Girl Bully because this is the thing about real performers and especially performers that come from an improv background is like they keep it fresh. Don't expect to see what they did in rehearsals because it's it's going to be new when you see it. I promise you that. Mary's fresh and new every time I see her. Wow, thank you. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I shower. Um, I just want to ask you like a couple more questions, really. Please, yeah. And then I'll open it up and if you want to plug anything, clarify things we've already plugged. Yep. Um, uh, we can do that. And uh, here's the thing. In many ways, maybe Mary from South Carolina, before she moved and realized that maybe that, you know, that it was time for her to leave that, you know, that context. So Mary, mm-hmm. who's content in South Carolina, if she were to see the Mary now, might have that moment on the road coaster where she pees her pants and is like, whoa, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. chipped. I'm chipped, bitch. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and maybe so for those who aren't following that Mary many many years ago may look at Mary now and be like wow I'm very impressed okay so Mary now I know you're type A I know that you set goals and crush them because I work with you to some extent and I mm-hmm. hope to work with you more in the future but where do you see yourself you know you said that you had a road map Mm-hmm. What do you have a destination, and if not, like, where are you headed? In what direction do you see yourself headed? I, at this moment, and this is this is all with the caveat that things where I am now was not where, yeah, like you said, like little me expected me to be, but little me would be very excited, I think. Um, so this is with the caveat of like just not knowing where things are going to end up. And I, I think I, I try to be one of those people that follows my intuition um, and kind of like tries to stay open to things as they come along, ideally in a kind of general sense. Like I want to be using what I do in more of a way to help people, hence why I'm trying to become a drama, drama therapist. I'm training to do that. So I think let's talk next five years. I think that that's a big part of my life is finding more and more ways to use what I do to help other people. Um, Because I think for me sometimes, like acting and writing, performing can start to feel a little insular. um, And it can feel very kind of like self-focused in a way that is not even necessarily like conducive to good work. Um, So I always, I want to find something that's going to open me up to other people and, and like be like, Bitch, don't think about yourself. Think about someone else. Um, so I want that to be a part of my... That's my want, is to have that, but then also have the other side of of continuing to like create work, hopefully with wonderful people like Rock Rising, and like you know continue to create what I think Rock Rising is making, which is a inclusive community where you can be a nice person. And you can be proud of being a nice person and not let that make you think that you can't produce work in this city. Because I think you can be misled to think I have to be aggressive. I have to be narcissistic. 
I can't help other people if I want to get anywhere. And I just don't think that's true. Um, so yeah. And I, and I want to keep, I want to keep writing. I want to keep improvising. Um, and just like following where that road is and making people laugh. Like that's what I think I was put on this earth to do in any capacity was like to make people laugh. So whether that's podcasts or like stripping naked and running through Times Square, I don't know. Whatever I have to do to do that, I'll do that. So that's, that's beautiful. my short answer, my short but long answer. <laughs> Great. Well, you've challenged me to like, you know, assess the, the art that I make and the way in which I make art. And, and I constantly think about, am I helping people? Am I being helpful? Mm -hmm. But I, I want to specifically challenge that impulse and, and question whether or not I want to be helpful in order to continue making good work or if I want to be helpful to actually help. Mm -hmm. Because like totally. you said that it started with making people laugh. Mm -hmm. And that's a great feeling. I think it's because laughter is like he healing in many ways. Mm -hmm. I agree. So like just to heal someone like is enough, you know, like mm -hmm. just to help them in that moment is enough. Yeah. And I think if we all took that sentiment and that attitude towards making whatever it is that we make, even mm -hmm. if you're not an artist, like who knows what things could look like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Make yeah. somebody laugh. Tell a joke. Make somebody's who whose day hasn't been enhanced by somebody making you laugh. Right. It's so like, make all of our listeners laugh and make me laugh with a joke right now in a German accent. Oh my god. What? <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Well, um, what did Zia say to eight? The number zero to be precise. What did he say to eight? I don't know. What did zero say to eight? He said, "Nice belt." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I knew that joke. You know that was and coming. And forgot it. I didn't, still didn't even know it was coming because of the German accent. Because I'm fresh. I'm fresh, I'm cool, I'm funky. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Can you give us all the dates for in the times for Girl Bully? Oh, one yes. Time? One more time. So Dixon Place, Girl Bully will be at Dixon Place uh, in the Lower East Side, March 16th at 7.30. So it's a one-time deal, guys. Get your ticks at dixonplace.org. Get your ticks at dicks. Get your ticks at dicks. Get your dicks ticks. Yep. Break down the D. Get the hole, guys. Get your ticks dicks. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.